Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. This podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliable, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Once again, welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 5th Toronto Radio, sometimes better known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore cannot get up the show on Twitter as well at Locked on Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, be sure to subscribe to us on all podcasting streaming platforms. Leave a comment, give us a rate, all that good stuff. Uh, joining me today is friend of the show, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Dave, how are you? Not too bad. I was just about to say they let you out of the attic today, huh? Yeah, they did. <laughs> did you see that yesterday? I didn't see it. I heard it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, the thing was too, so for those who, who didn't see it, um, Paul's brother made an appearance on Overdrive yesterday, I ended up putting the turtleneck on and going up into my attic, which is on the third floor, the three floors up, and you know what, right, heat rises, well, we don't have air conditioning in the attic, so when it is sweltering, and could you imagine how I felt with a wool turtleneck on, it, it was, uh, well, I call it commitment to the brand. That's literally, that's what it was. That's all it was. I, I had to do it for, for, for the boys. I, I had to get a lot of noodles realistically and, uh, and the people, because I know the people love to see me in that turtleneck for whatever reason. And that's yeah, just me being me. Yes. Um, but no, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, so yesterday we got a few things that we're going to chat about today. Uh, updates from the NHL that we'll get to. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of how all, all, all of what they've decided to, to do, what's going on with the playoff format, how that's going to affect the Leafs and how the Leafs are going to do. Bring back some cosign, no sign. We haven't played that in a while, so I'm excited for that. That's always such a fun, fun game to play. It always ends up being a really good conversation too, so I'm excited to bring that back. Uh, but first, I do want to quickly just touch on and talk about the many sports reporters and hockey reporters that were laid off yesterday. Um, it was it was a tough day for, for a lot of people. I know you know some of the people that were laid off. I know a lot of the people that were laid off. Um, so I just want to say to those uh, who, who supplied us with with a lot of content over the years, uh, I hope you you land on your feet. Maybe you'll you'll end up landing with the Locked Podcast Network. But uh, I did quickly want to mention and, and wish them luck um, because it's it's always so tough to to lose your job and for it to happen at a time like this is is even even tougher. It's so hard to get work right now, especially for sports journalists because there's no sports. Yeah, I mean, during these times, I'm sure a lot of people have felt the same way you know, wondering what's going to happen next with their jobs and uh, whether or not, you know, I, I've been, I've been pretty fortunate about uh, my job during this whole time. And, uh, and I'm sure a lot, of, I mean, we just, as you said, with the other very, everybody from the athletic, which I mean, it's tough because there's a lot of promise with the athletic and there still is, I'm not saying there isn't, but uh, you know, it, it's, it sucks, especially in this injury. You always want to see, more people getting hired when everybody was getting hired at the athletic. It was, you know, it was a great time for, for sports journalism. And now it seems like not a total step back, but a little bit of a step back. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of the people who end up getting picked up by the athletic were guys who were writers for years, whether it was at EN or, or one of the major newspapers, you know, the, in 
Toronto, the Globe, the Sun, the Star, you know, all these great newspapers that that used to have many writers. And now it's all been kind of condensed as the paper industry kind of goes down and down and down year after year. And then luckily, the athletic just kind of popped up and, and ended up scooping up all these terrific writers. And then yesterday, they ended up letting go uh, 76 of them. Um, and, and a few of them, you know, I, I personally uh, and even, you know, some behind the scenes people got let go too, not just writers, some producers uh, for, for some of their online content also ended up getting uh, let go too. So a tough day. I just wanted to, uh, to mention that and, and wish them luck uh, going forward. Um, it was also a tough day yesterday for, for TSN. Your boys, Sportsnet, went ahead and scored possibly the best play-by-play guy in the country, Chris Cuthbert, leaving TSN to sign with Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. A huge loss for the TSN Broadcasting Group, not only for NFL or NHL, but also for the CFL. But uh, he'll he'll surely be missed by myself and the rest of the TSN family. And but I do know that this is going to be a big step for him, and he'll get a shot at calling some big playoff games. He deserves it. CC is an absolute monster, one of the best in the game, and I wish him nothing but success uh, going forward in his new journey with Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada as well. Well, I will admit it was a. Great, uh, great surprise. I mean, I had no prior knowledge to this happening. I had kind of a yeah, me either. They like to keep those things under wraps, so it was a welcome surprise. I mean, I've if you know me, I've been a big CFL fan all my life. So Chris Cuthbert has been central in all the games I've watched, and I mean all the games I've watched him on TSN with Leaf games. Uh, you know, I think everyone knows his iconic moment was probably the Sidney Crosby golden goal. Mm-hmm. Like that call still gives me chills when I watch back. Actually, they played it back. I think uh, somebody played it back on Twitter and I, it just, it gives you the chills and you're just like, every time I, I, I can't wait for him to get, you know, I, I don't know what, what his uh, role will be. I'm assuming it's going to be prominently hockey man Canada and, and Leafs. But that's just my guess. But, oh, it's, you know, when you can add an iconic voice like that, and I think this is something that, you know, it, it's a no-brainer. It, he's, you know, among the top in the, in the business. You know, you guys still have Gordon Miller. He's a, he's a gem as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, CC coming over to, to Sportsnet is, is phenomenal. I know it's probably it was a tough decision for him, but, you know, he, he made it known that he wanted to call some, you know, Stanley Cup uh, playoff games and, and you know, Sportsnet with us having the rights for it. it I mean, it, I guess it was the right time for him to give it a shot. And, you know, now when we come back from quarantine, it will give a little bit of extra incentive to watch some games now. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so good luck to CC. Um, all right. So, like I said, on deck for today's show, the NHL, they did – release some more information about the return to play format so we'll go through all those we'll be discussing how it's going to affect the Leafs and then once again the return of cosine no sign uh let's quickly go ahead and and go through some of the updates uh, that the NHL outlined over the last couple of days um phase two apparently will be starting up next week on June 8th so that'll be opened up to teams are going to start opening up facilities starting June 8th and they can players can come in in groups small groups i believe it was six people in these groups uh, and they can all come in and start working out and kind of getting ready to go uh, they did also say that phase 3 will not be opened until at least July 10th which means if 
phase three opens July 10th. That's training camp. You got to assume that means that we're not going to get hockey, true legitimate hockey played until late July, maybe even early August. Would you say that that timeline makes sense based on what we're being told? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's pretty fair just because, you know, the players have made it know that they need time to get, get back into shape. And, you know, they're not, they're, they're not all skating right now. I know some, in some places, players have been able to get on the ice, but not everybody has been. And, you know, that's where injuries become a big factor, you know, with a long layoff. And then you, you hear about all the restrictions, right? You know, will they be able to have everybody on the ice? once training camp starts, like that's something that's going to have to be discussed. Like, are they going to have to do groups, especially with the extended rosters? So I'm, I'm in the thinking that, you know, it's going to be, and this is why we're talking about starting the season way later. So I feel like with training camp, this is going to be something that we're going to have to be patient with because as soon, you know, as soon as the players get on the ice, we want to see them playing games, but you also want to make sure that they're ready to play games as well. All right, we'll get back to this conversation in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar ever, and that's the Built Bar. They are tasty. They are healthy. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. They have eight chocolate and nut flavors covered in 100% chocolate, but also eight chocolate nut-free flavors, which means there's a bar for everyone. They're soft, and they're easy to chew, and best yet, they are tasty and healthy. It's a great bar for a health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a nice delicious treat the bars are low calorie low sugar but high protein and high fiber one of my favorite kinds i swear to you i've had this one and i just keep buying it and eating it it's the peanut butter brownie tastes just like a cookie it's got 20 grams of protein 170 calories three grams of sugar and just three grams of net carbs and it's loaded loaded with protein with that 20 gram protein it's fantastic it's great i keep buying them my family keeps eating them on me so i have to keep buying and buying them again and it's absolutely fantastic and if you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on you can get ten dollars off your first order you can use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com and, and i don't know if you heard about these rumblings but with it being started all the way in August. I know that the NBA, they did a pretty good job coming out and really just laying out their format. We're going to start play on July 31st. And then uh, the, the last possible date, like they have literally everything booked from the day the season starts into the last final possible day, which is October 12th. If the NHL kind of goes through a similar path, which we'll kind of expect is going to be the case. Um, if not, even it might even end up being a little bit more because well, I guess it'll be similar because they're doing eight games of a regular season type thing to finish out their regular season before they cut down to their 16-team playoff. Where hockey, they're doing the uh, they're doing the 16-team qualifying or the yeah 16-team qualifying beforehand. Um, so we're hearing some some uh, some rumblings that you know if the season does end up going all the way into. October then the 2020-2021 season uh, wouldn't or the 2021 season at that point wouldn't necessarily start until uh, as early or as late as January 
and then go all the way through to August. And I've even heard that the NHL might consider making that a permanent thing going forward if it turns out that ratings uh, kind of improve throughout the summer months, the spring and summer months. Because if you think about it, when hockey gets going in October, they're battling against college football in the States. They're battling against the NFL. The the NBA picks up again in November. And then in October also, they're battling against the uh, baseball playoffs. So that's a lot of different markets that you have to battle early in your season. And if you could kind of push it a, a little bit, that way your playoffs where you want to you kind of use your playoff hockey as your biggest platform in the summer and have that really be other than just regular season baseball, that would be the only high quality sport that's happening at the time. I, I just, I feel like that is, makes a little bit of sense. Like I heard that they're talking about it or, or some talking heads are talking about it. I think it was on PTI uh, with Kornheiser on ESPN and Mike Wilbon, but that kind of makes sense to me a little bit to kind of push it forward a little bit since they're not going to be able to start it in October anyways, because that might be when the season finishes. And then once they pick it back up in January for the following season, instead of having it a, a shortened season so that you could try to do the following season and get back to normal instead, just make this push the schedule back and maybe that could be your new schedule. And it could also try and help uh, get eyeballs down in America. Yeah, I actually had this discussion with uh, with Chris Johnson from Sportsnet, and he he made it known that you know don't expect the season to start until at least if we're going bet you know we're like earliest case is December, you know, because you think about it, the playoffs are expected to finish if they start the season at you know end of July, early August. We're not going to finish until October, and right. then the NHLPA is going to require, I think, you know, at least, I think I'm, I'm, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm pretty sure it was at least a couple of months, eight weeks, six, to eight weeks off minimum to give players time to get back. And let's not forget that, you know, 24 teams are in this new uh, format, which means the other teams have been off since March. That's a really long layoff. Uh, really I don't know how that long make that work but I mean I I can see an NHL season starting you know the next season starting in December whether I like that idea going forward um, I don't mind them starting later because I think having the NFL having the NBA and then you have the MLB playoffs all coming in at the same time I think it's a little much I think November would be actually an ideal starting point at least for you know Maybe you have training camp start end of October, early November. You're looking at the season starting mid-November. Because um, I don't know if players want to be starting around the holiday season. Uh, it mm. might be a little bit hectic that way. But I do agree that it, it gives a good opportunity to see how, uh, you know, a, a pushing the start later would work. I think the NHL isn't against the idea just because, you know, when you think about, you know, and you brought this up. With- I feel like from, from a business perspective, I think that's more so what they're, what the idea is, is from a business perspective, if you can, you know, try and get more American eyeballs on it and try and grow the game in the States, since 
all there is during the summer months is baseball. If it comes down to baseball or NHL playoffs, since those are going to be the only two, you know, options when it comes to the four major sports, at least, you know, maybe you'll get more people investing in watching the playoffs. And that just is going to create more money for the game at the end of the day, right? Like at the end of the day, it's a business. And I think that's something that you also have to keep in your back pocket as well. Yeah, and obviously the players would have to sign off on it. I think for sure. You know, they I, I would say if you can appease them with saying, you know, we'll give you August off, like that'll be kind of where the off season starts. I think many players would be okay with that. Um, but I, I would uh, I would definitely agree that, you know, it doesn't hurt considering the season kind of ends in June, pushing it a month, is it really that big of a deal? I don't think so. I know people, maybe the people who work directly, you know, with the game that like that off season, they may like to have it in July. But I I think, you know, with everything, uh, I I think being flexible with this could provide some, uh, an advantage to the NHL. Now, if the NBA decides, now this is my problem, does the NBA decide a similar thing? You know, does the NBA want to go into the summertime? Because, you know, the NBA kind of does their version of the summer league and they've seen, you know, it's become a, a, a big draw for them, uh, especially those who want to watch the younger players. So does the NBA consider that? I think that's something the NHL will have to weigh if they want to make that decision. Well, I think the NBA, like they already make so much money and they're growing and, and I don't think you want to break, you know, don't, fix what's not broken right and the nba model isn't broken right now the nhl model is still a work in progress in the states especially um and so i think that's that's a little bit different uh but you know it's it's just something to something that people are talking about because if they do end up getting back into play next year it won't be until december or january and then you're gonna assume unless they kind of truncate the season a little bit and 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 shrink it rather um you're gonna once again be finished like by the end of summer and then what do you do you you only get a couple of weeks off and you come back to try and start training camp again in in september to get ready for a, a traditional season like it's just it's gonna be tough Unless they do truly like next year end up shrinking it down to like a 70 or a 65 game season, um, it's going to be tough for them to try and and get things back to normal at some point. Like it's always going to bleed into the following year, year after year after year, unless something happens. That's just the way that I I, I see things. Like I, I don't know how you could possibly do it unless they're playing like three straight games or, or three games in four nights, uh, like constantly, like seven or eight times a year, you get three games in four nights, which would be a lot of hockey in, in, a, in a short amount of time, which I doubt the players sign off on that either. No, I mean, if you ask AHL players, it's, it's a grind. Their season is less games. Sure. When you have the three and three and you consider the travel, you know, how do you make the travel work with the, with the three and three as well? Right. Uh, I think that it's it's a it's a headache that especially for NHL schedulers have a really really tough go at it. I know uh, Brian Burke has you know been very open about this and how he's complained numerous times because especially in his time with Anaheim, you know with the California road you know 
going all the way out to the east and trying to make those uh, road trips a little more feasible, especially, you know, money-wise, cost-wise for the teams as well. You know, there's a cost to doing, you know, the schedule a certain way and to scheduling teams a certain way. So, you know, maybe the NHL, if they decide to make changes to the schedule and how the schedule is laid out, that opens up some possibilities. But uh, it, there's there's a lot that that will have to be uh, ironed out, and I mean, it's not a perfect situation because you know, it's it's a situation that's out of their control, with you know COVID and how that's impacting you know next season and potential seasons. Like I've heard that you know we might not have a, everything running smoothly for another couple of seasons, which especially when it comes to the revenue stuff. And I'm like, this is this is not something that's gonna you know ease over pretty quickly in conversation with dave morissuti once again i am mike de stefano your host of the locked on lease podcast uh so a couple of things that we do know that they did finally uh solidify is how the format is going to be played for the playoffs this season so at first when when uh gary bettman came out and unveiled their return to play format. There was still some holes. There's still some question marks and some ongoing conversations that they were having with players and with, with the governors uh, before they came out and said, this is exactly how it is. They pretty much just came out and told us what the proposal was and that they were still kind of tinkering and figuring out how they were going to do things. And now finally they came out and they told us, all right, we got it. This is how we're doing it. So um, again, uh, there's going to be 24 teams, Top four teams from each division or from each conference are going to be get a, get a buy into the traditional 16-team format. Um, they're going to play their own little uh, qualifying round-robin-ish tournament, and that's going to determine their seeding for one through fourth seed. And then it's going to be uh, the, the rest of the teams, teams who finish from fifth to twelfth in the conference, are going to battle each other and in best of five series and the winners will move on. And then it, we're going to see reseeding every round. And then that was something that we weren't sure if it was going to happen or not. It's something that we haven't seen in a while either. And it's something that actually a lot of people have been clamoring for, especially here in Toronto to bring back the, the reseeding of teams as opposed to keeping it to just divisional rivalry matches throughout the, the, the early stages of the playoffs. Are you excited to be going back to this whole reseeding format for this year's playoffs? I am a hundred percent on board with it just because with, with the way that the current thing is, I've always said it, it doesn't give advantages to teams that did well during the season. I mean, the Bruins, I mean, if you're a Bruins fan, you're probably expecting to face a good team early in the playoffs. And like, is that fair to the Bruins, considering how good of a season they had? I think it's tough. But um, when you consider everything else, you know, the you know uh, when you think of the Leafs and they're trying to avoid the Bruins as much as possible, I think this may help. It all depends. I think the part of it that I'm trying to figure out is how the Ron Robin works with the top four teams. That's really going – and, I mean, we can't also hear, all oh, the Leafs could still get the Bruins, the Leafs could still get the Bruins. No guarantees considering how this round robin is could potentially change, throw a wrench into all of this. Right. Well, I think um, essentially they're just going to play – it's going to 
kind of look like uh, like international play, where they're they're all going to play each other. Those four teams are going to play each other uh, and, and get those three games in. And based on that, I guess it'll be in a lot of points. And after that, they'll seed them one through four based on their their, their point totals, I guess. Uh, afterwards, after those those games, that's how. I, it, it seems to be the fairest way. I mean, you can't just assume that Boston was going to steamroll their way all the way through to the end of the season and end up as the number one seed. They easily could have went and tanked and then, you know, uh, Washington could have won on a huge run or Tampa even could have went out on a huge run and ended up claiming the first spot in the East. You never know. So this is really the fairest way. I think that they got to do it. Uh, and, and as for Toronto, I, I think you got to be excited because, although there's a, a possibility, like if everything goes as planned and Boston does, as of right now, they're considered, you know, the number one team. Uh, and if they go as, as planned and they turn out to be the number one team, then there's also no upsets in uh, the qualifying rounds. Yeah. We're going to get Boston versus Toronto in round one. That's how things would go down, but there's a lot of factors now because of the reseeding. So uh, all it takes is either Boston to to not be the top seed or one of the teams in the other rounds end up upsetting. So like, let's say the Rangers can end up upsetting uh, Carolina and just like that. Now the Rangers have to play the top seeded team, which could end up being Buffalo or being Boston and Toronto would have to face the second team who maybe it's a team like Philly, or maybe it's a, it's, it's Washington. Like it doesn't even have to be Tampa or Boston, which, for a long time, we've always assumed, all right, we got to beat Tampa or Boston. This season, the Leafs could legitimately win a Stanley Cup without having to play Tampa or Boston. I love it. I love it for Toronto's sake because although you say you want to get the monkey off the back, you want to you know slay the dragon on your, on your way to victory, honestly, I'm scared. <laughs> like I'm scared. And, 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 and if we can kind of s- step around having to play those two teams, I think, uh, you know, I, you gotta be happy if, if you're a Leafs fan. I think when you, when you consider the, ch- the challenge has been to get past Boston, I keep talking with a, a good friend of mine, and he constantly says, oh, I think the Bruins aren't that good. And I'm like, well, tell that to Leafs fans who have had to deal with the last two years of being, you know, th- this is the thing, though. It's been game seven. It's This is – this in my uh, – what I think is it's very similar to Washington and Pittsburgh. When Washington finally got over the hump against Pittsburgh, it felt like the biggest weight was off their shoulders. So part of me is just like, you know, I want to see the Leafs get it done. But at the same time, if you can avoid it, you're going to take it. it. It's like it's it's a give me in that. Uh, not a total give me, but it's, you know, it's an easier path and you always take the easier path. I know some people would want to go through the, you know, the full full circle. But if you can avoid it, I think you're going to take it. Yeah. We'll see what ends up happening. I I personally would love to see like Philly and Toronto kind of renew their rivalry that we saw in the early 2000s back in the Sundin era. Um, I remember, you know, first, you know, first and second rounds back in the early 2000s. I think we spoke about it actually a, a couple of months ago on the podcast, just watching those series and, and, and 
the fact that Toronto couldn't get over the hump and, and Philly kept being the thorn in their side. Um, you know, I, I think that that would be a, another fun series that, that they could do uh, a team that they could play and then just not have to play Boston or Tampa, like literally anybody else. All I know is that as a Toronto fan, I'm going to be rooting against Boston and Tampa in every single one of those round robin games that they play. Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. There's no, there's no question that you would rather see Boston or Tampa lose. And that way you, I mean, the thing is, there's always going to be that group of, you know, the, the group of people are going to be like, Oh, well you didn't beat Boston Tampa. So, you know, you didn't have as hard of a, a road. I mean, the same road everybody else takes. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, if you win a ring, who cares? Yeah, that, that's that's the <laughs> constant argument I keep hearing too. Exactly. I mean, I, I that's that's just my thoughts on it. But at the end of the day, I think that this this format is going to uh, it's going to work out better for for the least because it gives them more options and and more chances of being able to avoid the top two teams in the conference in Tampa and Boston. Um, all right, so we're going to play some cosine, no sign, but first I got to tell you about Rock Auto. Uh, chain stores have very different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear for, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to auto rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers let's go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car or truck will ever need rockauto.com all right dave I'm ready to play some cosine, no sign. It's been a while since we've played this game. It's been a while since I played this game. Uh, for those newcomers to the podcast who aren't sure how you play the game, I'm going to make a statement, or Dave will make a statement, and the other has to either cosign with that statement if we agree, or no sign with that statement if we disagree. Uh, Dave, I'm going to delegate it to you. You go ahead with your first cosine, no sign. You're the guest. Go first. I've, I've been debating this and I've been trying to figure out uh, my thoughts on, you know, this new playoff format and how it's going to work. The Edmonton Oilers facing the Chicago Blackhawks. I find that's going to be the most intriguing one in the West just because we didn't think Chicago was going to get to the playoffs, but they seem mm -hmm. to been, be picking up steam. Do you see the Chicago Blackhawks? Can you see the Chicago Blackhawks upsetting the Oilers? Would you co-sign or no-sign that? That's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call semantics on you. Can I see it or do I think it'll happen? Do you think it will happen? No sign. I don't think it'll happen. I could see it happening, and I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. But uh, I I think that the Edmonton Oilers, although are usually a laughing stock, they haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years. And then obviously you take a look at the other end, Chicago, you know, perennial Stanley cup contenders for much of the decade. Uh, I think that the kind of the, 
the tables have turned a little bit. I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are two of the best players in the league. And I think that they're ready to kind of put their team on their back. I, I don't know if they're quite ready to win a cup yet, but it was funny. I was watching the last dance, the Jordan documentary, and I was watching it. It was like a couple of episodes in before they had won their title. And I was just looking and I was like, you know what? McDavid, McDavid kind of reminds me of like a Michael Jordan esque. It seems like they could have a similar career, you know, like McDavid and, and, and dry is like the Jordan and Pippen and, you know, years, the first, you know, five, six years, they go into their careers without winning a title. And then they finally won a title. And then I could see Edmonton winning multiple championships after that, once they figure out the winning way. Um, I don't know if this is the season that they can go on that big run and win it and win a cup. Uh, definitely not putting money on it. Uh, but I would put money on them defeating Chicago. So I'm going to no sign Chicago with the upset. However, that leads into my cosine no sign. We will see at least two upsets in the qualifying round. Cosine no sign. I'm going to cosign because the thing is, is technically like some, like in, in the case, like Columbus beating Toronto would technically be an upset. But they were like an eight nine. They're so close to each other in the standings. I can I can see a couple of surprises. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold. I'm not on. saying Columbus is going to be Toronto. <laughs> let's, let's okay. Let's push that to the side. I just think well, why that would you even be... say it? It's almost I like do. you're trying to speak it into existence no, here, Dave. Nope. I'm somebody hang up tried... on you pretty soon. Somebody else tried to speak that into existence to me, and I'm just like, uh. I know Columbus, you know, caught fire certain times in the season, but let's. This is not the same Columbus. Merzlik, yeah, yeah, this is Merzlik is he, he's going to be scary, right? Their goaltender is going to be scary, and it, it's going to give them a run for their money. But at the end of the day, I, I like Toronto's chances. But you think that there are two other teams, two other series where we could see an upset? Upset though. One for me is the Rangers. 100% I percent agree. I think the Rangers can pull an upset against Carolina. And the other one is, is uh, you know, it's it's really tough because I, I think it. Edmonton can can beat Chicago. They're the uh, the clear cut favorite. But something about Chicago in the playoffs, I feel like the only thing that's giving me hes- that makes me hesitant to say Chicago for sure is their blue line. But they, I just think Chicago this this matchup sort of favors them a little bit because I think Edmonton has some, a couple of question marks that I don't know if they're, they're completely ready playoff ready right now, even with McDavid and Dreisel being as good as they are. The one in the West where I think is maybe to me uh, could be a more likely upset. I'm thinking Arizona over Nashville. I just don't think Nashville has really got it going this year. They've really struggled. They were out of the playoff picture for quite some time. They did get it going towards the end of the season. Um, They did make a coaching change too. But Arizona, you know, a a big reason why they fell so in the middle of the season was because Darcy Kemper got hurt. But if Kemper's going to be back and he's going to be healthy and ready to go, he's been an elite goaltender now. This is going on two straight seasons. And I think that Kemper is is an extremely good goalie. You know, they picked up uh, Taylor Hall. And they're a pretty good team when, when they're healthy. So I think Arizona is a team for me in the West to, to watch 
in the upset uh, category, I would say. All right, uh, what's your second one? My second one is the Ottawa Senators will win the draft lottery. I am going to, based on odds, co-sign it because they have the second and third best odds. So if you combine those, that would give you the best odds at winning it over any other team. Um, I, I think it's going to happen. I think it will. And I think it would be amazing if it were to actually be San Jose's pick. I think that would be just a big slap in the face to Eric Carlson. <laughs> I I totally agree. That's part of the reason why I brought it up. Because I, I was, you know, doing some more. Uh, I was writing an article on Eugene Melnick. Uh, not uh, not Eugene, Yeah, Eugene Melnick talking about, you know, the draft and stuff. They have nine picks in the first three rounds. And I yeah. totally forgot. I mean, I remember that San Jose, I didn't realize how bad, how, great San Jose's picks like in terms of the odds were. I'm just like, man, you have to well, get pure door on credit for I mean the the thing is you can't foresee San Jose being that bad, but how does San Jose not lottery protect that pick? Like Well, I mean well, so it was lottery protected because technically it was the first rounder last year, but if they missed the if they made the playoffs, then that was the condition, then they had to give up the years the, the following year. So when they made the playoffs last year, the condition was, was not met. Therefore they had to give their 2021, no questions asked, right? Like there was a condition on those picks when the trade was made at the, at the beginning of last season, man, GMs really screw themselves over with these conditions. Sometimes I tell I you, I don't think you, I mean, Washington was going for a cup or um, San Jose's going for a cup. I don't think they look and they say, hmm, if we don't win this year, we're going to be, you know, a lottery team next year, like a bottom three team. I don't think that's what they envisioned when they brought in and signed Carlson to an eight-year extension. So, I mean, yeah, it sucks what happened. But what's funny is a, a very similar thing happened to Ottawa with the Matt Duchesne trade the year before. Yep, Absolutely. So, you know, I guess in that case, it's like good karma. You, you got you got that pick back that you had to surrender. That really, really good pick turned out to be the number four pick in the draft. You got it back just a year later, and it could end up being an even better pick because the top of this draft is a lot better than the top of last year's draft. So it worked, worked out better. Like, it just did at the end of the day. Um, good question, though. Really good question. Really good one. The, Ottawa's going to have a great, great chance to really, really put some some pillars on that team this in this draft. They got three picks in, in – well, they got two. They're going to have two that are guaranteed in the top six. And then they also have the Islanders pick, which, you know, it'll depend where they end up finishing, whether or not they make it through to the playoffs or they end up in the uh, lottery. They could end up in the draft lottery too. So it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing, but they have a good chance to get some three solid, solid players added to that organization. Um, okay, so this one is going to be a little you, you got to bear with me, all right, for my second one here. There's a okay. little bit of thinking that goes towards it. You may have seen my tweet about it, and I tweet about it uh, on my personal account. And then Leafs Lunch actually picked it up and had a slight conversation about it. And I want to get your thoughts on it. So, the way that they basically had to make the uh, standings was due was by points percentage because not everybody played the same amount of games. So you had to do it based on points percentage. 
So I thought, why isn't Alex Ovechkin being given the Rocket Richard Trophy? Because technically, based on goals percentage for goals per games played, Ovechkin played two fewer games than David Pasternak because Washington played fewer games than David Pastern than than the Boston Bruins. So based on that, if you're going and you're distributing and, and, and doing it for the standings, wouldn't you also do it for some individual awards too? And should Ovechkin be awarded the Rocket Richard over Pasternak? And should goals per game be considered goals per games played be considered the tiebreaker in this shortened season? Well, not only that, Pasternak had more points as well. Um, what does that so, matter for the Rocket Richard? I mean, you have to find the thing is, is we've had <laughs> co we've had co winners in the past, so it's like I know, but so you're trying. The thing is, is you would have to make a clear cut change based on the thing is, can you can you tell a guy, oh, you know, he played less games than you, he so you know, we're gonna give it to him, even though you guys both had the same number of goals. The thing is, no, because I think to, I, I think you could do no, I but but not really because right, uh, Pasternak because of how the schedule was just canceled on a whim. The Boston Bruins as a team played more games than the Washington Capitals, right? So it's like it's kind of not fair. So the only way that you make that distinction, and this is where people often say like, oh, so what do you do? Give it to you know if a guy only ends up playing you know fifty one games in a season, but ends up scoring like thirty eight goals, and then ends up having it's like no, that's not what you do. But in this case, in in this specific instance, in this season alone, I would never condone this for any other year except this one where you can make the argument that if you're going to decide the standings by points percentage why can't you decide your uh your awards by goals or points percentage as well i think for a tie-breaking scenario i would agree um because i think this is i mean this was the only one where it was an obvious tie-breaking situation so I, I don't necessarily disagree. It's just, you know, I, I feel like they were trying to also, you, if you're the NHL, it looks good on the NHL when Ovechkin wins another Rocket Richard as well. I think there would have been a lot more controversy if Ovechkin wasn't named, even though he had the same number of goals as well. I think that maybe that played a factor. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, just, I'm throwing that out as a potential, you know, other end of the argument, but. I, I do think that there is some merit to using the goal, you know, the percentage system in this regard. All right. What's your third one? All right. So my third one is Leafs related. because obviously this is a Leafs podcast. Um, and it's about our good boy, William Nylander. And mm. I want to know, cause I thought, you know, he was one of the more impressive Leafs this season. I know Matthews was, on the brink of 50 goals, but I thought Nylander was really picking up his production. Do you think there is a chance that William Nylander leads the Leafs in scoring whenever the play resumes? I I think there's a good chance. Um, no sign. I still think that Matthews is the best goal scorer on that team. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and no sign it. You know, he's 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 going to be a great scorer the rest of his career. Like, he, he's a guy who might be, 
you know, a 30 to 40 goal scorer year in, year out, a perennial 35 guy. But Matthews seems like he could be, if he plays the way that he played this season and he stays healthy like he did this season, you know, he could be a guy who puts up 50 goals every single season. Like he nearly did it in, in a shortened season. He almost did it in 70 games. Like if that guy is that good at scoring goals. So um, I, I'm going to no sign it and say that Matthews comes out firing. Do you, what about you? You answer it for yourself. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Matthews is a clear cut. I mean, if you're looking at any, any odds of who would lead, lead the Leafs in points, it would be Matthews. I just find that, that Nylander can get on that hot streak. He's a very streaky guy. Um, you know, Matthews is, is in, is in that realm too, especially at the start of the year. He's usually like right, shoot him right out of the cannon. I just feel like Nylander, if he can get hot, and, you know, he's been – I think he's been skating. I mean, all the Swedish players seem to have been able to get on the ice. I think that gives him a bit of an advantage. Um, so, I'm not going to say that I think he's going to be far and away. I think it will be close. I think if Nylander gets, you know, right off the hop, right on a good tra- on, on a good track, and if, if he plays with Matthews, that's an added bonus because I think that's also a possibility. Uh, so I think, yeah, Matthews is probably the clear-cut odds favorite, but I think Nylander has that opportunity to get on a good roll. And if he does, you know, he's proven that it's, that he can carry the, the offenses, offensive load as well. Um, all right, so I've got my third and final one for you. This one also Leafs-related. So – as we know, the rosters are being expanded to 28 players plus four goaltenders, which uh, I'm going to next week going to do an episode where I'm going to go ahead and, and try and pick and see who I think the 28 players are going to end up being plus four goalies. So that's going to be a fun episode. Get ready for that next week. Uh, but one of the players who is going to be on this 28 player uh, expanded roster is going to be Nick Robertson. The second round pick from last year's draft had a fantastic season in the OHL, uh, over 50 goals, led the, led the league in scoring and just had himself an amazing year. Uh, he will play a playoff game for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. A playoff game, not a qualifier, not an exhibition, but he himself will actually get into one of the playoff games. I'm going to co-sign that, and I'm going to give – the reason why I think so is because when you look at when the Leafs were struggling, especially offensively, that California road trip especially, the Leafs' bottom six, their depth players, did not step up offensively. And Sheldon Keefe made that very apparent. I think Kyle Dubas also mentioned the fact that, you know, I don't think there are guys who've cemented their spots in the lineup. We saw a lot of guys going in and out. Dennis Malgin hasn't really looked great. You know, Pierre Engvall seems to have lost a bit of a step kind of near the end there. I think there's a real good chance that Nick Robertson can overtake someone that, you know, I think, you know, Dubas is really high on Robertson. I, uh, you know, his season in the OHL was, was really good. I think his goals per game when we, you know, we were talking about this earlier, I think it was one of the top 
since like the early nineties, you know, at the rate that he was scoring, I think it, you know, when you're looking at the least trouble scoring lower in the lineup, he's a guy that you can put in on, you know, let's say the third line and give that offensive punch. Now he's going to have to really, really impress to do it, but you know, he's proven to be really determined just by how this season went and even being in the conversation to be a part of the expanded roster. Now, I don't want to pigeonhole him because if there's one thing that we've learned about the modern day NHL is size doesn't matter as much anymore. But if you're talking about a guy who you want to insert into the bottom six uh, on the third or fourth line, usually you hope that they got some toughness and some size to them along with a little bit of skill and touch. Now, Nick Robertson has all the skill and touch and goal scoring ability in the world. Size isn't his strong suit. Uh, coming in at about five foot nine, I believe. Does that worry you at all if you're trying to get him third or fourth line minutes? Uh, of course. I mean, it's always been the Leafs thing. I mean, for me, it's like, okay, who are you taking out to put him in? Uh, if it's the fourth line, it's it's really tough to see, you know, him taking like let's say you know Jason Spets is probably going to be playing. Pierre Engvall because he's a center will probably be playing. So who exactly does comes out for Robertson? I think that's going to be the key. Is you know if you're putting him in, someone has to come out. Um, there are some guys that didn't exactly play to their potential before all this, everything happened. So, um, I mean, I think Kyle Clifford, I was going to look, think of names who could be in there. You have to remember the Leafs roster before everything happened. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) You almost forget it was, McCabe will be back too, right? So he's a guy, he's a guy who uh, he could play somewhere in your middle six, maybe the third line. Um, So there's, there's a couple of guys who will be healthy and backing into the lineup that you can't forget about either. I think Kerfoot will probably be moved that you know, back down to the third line. So like you have Kerfoot, I think like Kerfoot, McKayev and Kapanen. So really it's just the fourth line. I think with Spezza and Clifford there, it's that third, that, that, that wing, no, the right wing on the fourth line, that's going to be maybe his spot. If you have him with a guy like Kyle Clifford, I mean, probably the best, guy in terms of, you know, making sure nobody tries to take advantage of uh, right. of Robertson. But at the same time, and the other thing is too, is that I think you're going to see coaches having to use more guys because of, you know, how many games they're going to be playing. I, you know, is they're not going to have an exhibition. So their exhibition is where I, I think they're going to have like scrimmage. Uh, I think there's, there's, I think there's two oh, exhibition two. games, isn't there? I think each two. team's getting two. And then from yeah. there, they start the qualifying round. So, yeah, if they have the two exhibition games, who knows? Somebody could get injured. And that right. could be True. the easiest way for him to get in. I just think, yeah, that fourth line wing spot seems like the ideal fit if we're looking for where Nick Robertson could fit into the lineup. It's going to be fun. And it's definitely uh, an opportunity that I don't think he would have had or the Leafs would have given him if it weren't for COVID. You know what I mean? Like if, if this never happened in the, in the playoffs, 
started in April, I don't think that Nick Robertson would have been uh, a player that would have been eligible or a player that they would have brought. Because, I mean, well, he still would have been the OHL, right? He would have been with the Peets, and they could have went on a playoff run themselves. So, you know, I think that COVID, in a way, is giving the Leafs an extra look at Nick Robertson. If not only – if he doesn't get into any traditional, like, real games – just being around and the pro game and kind of uh, learning and absorbing from the pro players, I think will, will help him even if he is just like the 28th man on the roster and it can only help him and help the team and kind of give him an idea of what he'll need to do over the off season, whenever that comes uh, so that he could be ready for next season when the Leafs are really ready to give him uh, a, a big time shot at making making the team and being a significant role for the Leafs in the future. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, this, I think Dubas and and they he mentioned this. He felt like you know they may have done a disservice to him by cutting him so early in camp. Yeah, like you know he, he should have at least gone one or two exhibition games, kind of like how um, uh, SDA did, but. Um, yeah, I think if you're Robertson, you're you're blessed to have this opportunity because there's not many players who are going to be given this opportunity because with even with the expanded rosters, people were probably thinking that it's going to be more of the Marlies guys, and they're going to be a couple. That, and especially the, uh, those Marlies guys are going to be really vying for a position on the Leafs roster and try to get into some games. I think if you're Robertson, that gives you even more incentive to have to push and make your make your case to get on on the on no to get into games because there's going to be so many players that are going to be with more experience trying to get a spot. So it's really a perfect situation for him. And if you're the Leafs, you're gonna even if he as you mentioned, even if he doesn't get into games, the experience alone and being in that competitive environment can only help him. It'll be a win-win no matter what happens. All right, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on the show today, David. I think uh, we'll leave it here. That's going to do it for us here on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On Leafs Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Dave, thanks for stopping by. You got anything that you'll be working on that you want to plug uh, for the viewers to go take a, take a peek at? Not yet. Um, I think when we get a better idea of where the NHL is coming back, I think we'll have some more stuff there. But right now, because everything kind of still is at, at a little bit of a standstill, we're we're keeping things in the in the chest. We're keeping things in the pipeline. All right. Uh, just check out his Twitter. He'll uh, he'll be sharing any content that he does produce, and it's great content. So definitely take a peek at that. Uh, if you want some more NHL Hockey Talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast. I'll be back with another show next week. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs. All right. It's still recording. Let's stop the recording. If you want to stop the recording, if you click OK, you'll receive an email notification when the cloud recording is ready.